Welcome back into One Winning Pod. All right, we just finished up talking about the Ravens' performance against the Bills. Unfortunately, that game was in a loss. Ravens are 2-2 two and two to start the season. Really don't want to start 2-3, and three, but, you know, we got a dramatic game Sunday night. You know, last year against the Bengals, we'll just say uh, those games happened. And uh, <laughs> we've got back with us uh, Justin, our, our Bengals fan, friend. I, you probably are our closest friend who's a Bengals fan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm a lot of people's closest friend to a Bengals fan, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, it's, it's great to have you back on. Feel free to get your dunking out of the way now because we're going to be talking about 2022 and not 2021. So <laughs> I guess just to, you know, uh, start off the bat, uh, everyone who's been listening to the pod knows who you are, knows your deal. So I guess we can just cut right to the chase. Uh, you know, have you uh, lived off the high yet of the of the Bengals uh, season last year? And um, yeah, how's how's the reality of this year uh, looking right now? Uh, I would say uh, I'm still I'm still living off that high. Uh, I really wasn't too disappointed in the outcome. It was a good game, regardless, and and just you know for a Bengals fan getting there that's that's a thing. Um, yeah, this year opened up badly, but uh, I try to try to remember that that Burrow, you know, he had a couple of really bad games last year, and this year he just got him out of the way ahead of time. So I'm I'm hoping that that the ship has been righted and and uh, it, you know at least at least compared to the rest of the division I, I thought at first like oh no here comes fourth place again but uh, you know we we both got some some things to disparage about our teams and uh, it's it's a weird situation so I'm I'm optimistic though that's good man I wish we had as many fans as you on the Raven side it's been so much <laughs> griefing over the last I mean we just. We just had a therapy session before this, but like, my goodness, there's so many people who just like want to blow it all up. It's only game four. Oh, Come on. <laughs> yeah, really. And both the both the games that that you took the L on, I think you were one break away from flipping it the other way. So it's yeah, it's the NFL. Yeah, that is what makes it both hopeful and and frustrating at the same time. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, in, in some ways, I think that's going to make this game even more exciting because both teams are coming in 500 uh have had some promising things to start the season some other things that like you said they want to shore it up and one of the things that everyone's going to be watching is the matchup between the Ravens secondary and and those Bengals wide receivers obviously the Ravens banged up in the first game of the season last year, banged up even more in the second game, which isn't to take away what the Bengals receivers did because the Bengals receivers and Joe Burrow certainly put together some good plays in those games. But the Ravens secondary, uh, for the most part, you know, is going to be at, at pretty good strength. We're going to have Marcus Williams there. We got in free agency. Chuck Clark is there. Marlon Humphrey, and Marcus Peters will be back and we'll, we'll have to see how this matchup goes. Um, and I do want to talk a little bit about Chase because um, I know this well because he was the top pick in, in one of my uh, fantasy drafts, our, our uh, league we have with the other Ravens podcasts. And uh, outside of week one, he's kind of let me down. Just hasn't, uh, at least from a fantasy perspective, hasn't really been doing what I was expecting. From your perspective, has this just been a, a combination of defenses focusing more in on this guy because he had that monster rookie year or is is there just some timing off right now between him and burrow 
Uh, I, I think it's definitely the defensive focus. He's had a decent number of receptions, but they've all been short yardage. Um, you know, last year he had that, but he always had one or two deep balls a game. Uh, and I think that the, the defenses that the Bengals have faced for the most part have been focusing on the deep ball, um, pushing the corners more toward the boundary because, you know, Chase doesn't need much sideline to get open. So they're really, they're really uh, putting the corners out there to keep him pinned down as much as possible. And, uh, and it's, and it's weird. It's not like I can say Burrow has been missing him. There's really haven't been a lot of deep attempts, which, you know, watching all the Bengals games last year, every fifth pass was just going deep. Uh, And this year, only a couple of attempts. He's, Burrow just sees him getting pinned down and, and looks elsewhere in a hurry. So uh, that's, that's, you know, the key to your defense is just keeping chase, you know, from being wide open and depending on uh, I'm, I'm assuming Humphrey's going to be covering him most of the time, probably. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, he's been, <laughs> uh, he's been the lockdown guy the first couple of weeks. Um, I mean, they might switch off a little bit, but I would hope that he'd be the primary guy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, I assume he won't have too tough a time, you know, as long as he's as fast. Uh, he was, was he hurt all year last year or just during the second half? I forget. Yeah. Humphrey was out the second yeah. half. Yeah, he had the uh, yeah. the pec injury against the Steelers. Um, right. Yes, yeah, so he was out for the second matchup. Marcus Peters was out the whole year last year for the Ravens. Humphrey was uh, in the, the first matchup and... Um, he, he was good. as he was as much to blame as anyone for the game Chase had. Chase definitely did get him a couple times pretty badly, but yeah, part of that you know last year with the the injuries to to Peters and some other players on the defense early on, we really had it really limited what you know Humphrey could do. It, the Ravens really had to make sure that he wasn't giving anything up, wasn't gambling as much, and we're already seeing. Uh, just four games into the season, we're seeing Marlon Humphrey jump back to the all-pro self that that we have had seen for the re- previous uh, seasons of his career. And uh, he's been stellar. Peters has, get, has been pretty good to come back. Uh, I'd say he's given up, you know, he gave up that touchdown against Miami, uh, gave a couple ga- plays against Buffalo. But yeah, Humphrey's just been locked down. And I, I think that he's going to be ready for this matchup. Does that mean he's going to shut out Chase? I don't think so. But I think it should go a lot better for for him and the secondary as a whole in this game. The other big thing that I think will be helpful this year, Marcus Williams has been really good at the free safety role, brought him over. Just incredible closing speed of just something that we really haven't had in the free safety probably since Earl Thomas. You know, Brandon Stevens was sort of in that role last year. Not really that kind of guy. He's playing our, he's our third corner right now. But uh, yeah, I think if... You know, if they want to put uh, Marcus over on that side to kind of help shadow him or bracket him, you know, whatever they want to do, I think that that will be really interesting. I think to watch to see, you know, if 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 he really helps kind of take Chase away. You know, with a quarter of the season down, though, I I would anticipate the, the offense trying something new to get him deep because it's it's pretty glaring. So, although. They've been able to to win without going deep all the time, but I I would anticipate some some changes. So we'll see. I think one of the other big talking points that we love to hear your thoughts on is the Bengals went out and invested heavily in the offseason in their offensive line, getting Leo Collins, offensive tackle, Alex Kappa, guard, and uh, Ted Karras, center. 
and the early returns are not all that great. It seems like the <laughs> line seems to be still having issues. Burrow is still getting sacked. Joe Mixon's having not as uh, explosive a year as some were hoping for, I guess. So what are your thoughts on the offensive line? Have you seen glimmers of hope or are you thinking like they brought in a bunch of new personnel, but it might be the same problem? Uh, I, I, in aggregate, it looks pretty bad, but it kind of went back to the first two weeks um, where they had seven sacks and six sacks respectively against Miami. There is only one. Um, I think part of the problem was signing almost an entirely new offensive line, only one starter returning from last year, and none of them uh, except the rookie played any snaps in the preseason. So when you're bringing five guys out together and they don't get any playing time in an actual game, it it seems like there was more rust than normal, some missed assignments. Um, the, rookie, the rookie always needs some help, and it seemed like against Miami they were kind of learning like, Here's what he's going to need help on, you know, send, send Lael, you know, to, or, or, um, you know, Jonah Williams is the tackle on that side. So send Jonah Williams to give an extra shove into his lineman or something, but they, they got it figured out to where there were only one sec. So the first three games aside now, I'm hoping that's, that wasn't just an aberration, the having a, having one good game. I hope that they got something clicking, um, another issue though, is, is the guys that they signed are all fantastic pass blockers. And when they finally got things going, like they did this last Sunday, uh, it was great, but, uh, not even, not even Lael Collins is really known for run blocking. And if, if you've paid attention to Mixon's stats, you know, less than three yards a carry, like they're, they're protecting Joe Burrow finally, but opening up holes and getting that run shove is is not happening and that one i'm less optimistic about i don't i don't know if they're going to get that going much this year it's interesting to hear that they chose not to play any of those guys in the preseason and get that chemistry you know i don't necessarily think it was a bad option with how the league's been going with preseason games the ravens played basically no starters as well but for that particular unit for a unit that derives so much of their production based off of chemistry and the fact that it's all brand new, that is a curious choice, I'll admit. Yeah, it it's it was noticeable. So <laughs> Yeah, that that that's almost one of the places I would maybe make an exception is because of it. Yeah, that's that's really an interesting choice. So yeah, we'll have to keep an eye on that to see how you guys perform against the Ravens in this game because like you said, it, it could be coming together. Maybe the second half of the season, you know, second uh, you know, three fourths will be much better for you guys. Yeah, I think particularly when you're talking about run blocking, that'll be um, interesting to see if, if the Bengals try and use this as, as a matchup to uh, get that on track. Um, the Ravens, while they did have some better success uh, this past Sunday, run defense has been a little more suspect than we've come to expect from this team. Um, combination of missed tackles, not getting in the right gap, and, and just, you know, again, we, we've, we've seen some improvement with it, but... and generally not always but generally the Ravens historically have been able to keep Joe Mixon and the Bengals rushing attack in check but um, I think that's certainly a matchup that is worth keeping an eye on just um, because if you know the Bengals are able to get that run game there to balance off the passing attack could lengthen drives and could cause some issues for the Ravens I think that's something the Ravens are definitely going to want to make sure they key in there is, is making sure the Bengals don't get on track with the running game 
One question I had for you is um, I noticed that Sample is out. He has an injury. And I also noticed that you guys picked up off of waivers uh, Devin Asiasi, tight end from the Patriots that was drafted in the third round. And you also got uh, Ravens Noel Hayden Hurst in the offseason. I'm curious what your thoughts are on this kind of revamped tight end group with the loss of uh, Uzama and, you know, obviously the injury to sample and et cetera, and how they're looking this year. And maybe do you expect them to use much, uh, you know, 12 personnel or is it really just uh, 11 personnel and having Hayden Hurst out there more so? Yeah, I was, uh, I was definitely sad to see uh, Uzama go and ended up with the jets. Um, but he, you know, he, he just needed too much money for what the Bengals could offer compared to his production. He was like a great team leader personality wise. I don't, Hayden Hurst definitely isn't that, but Hurst can produce uh, more it seems. And he, he finally got his first touchdown um, this last week. I, I, I don't anticipate seeing a lot of two tight end passing sets though. Drew sample was more of a blocking tight end. He, he would catch it on occasion. Uh, Ozzy, Ozzy, I was, I, I like that pick because he seems like more of a receiving tight end, but he, uh, he was in it. He actually didn't sign with the team till week two or three, and he wasn't even active until this week. So that could be one of the things, one of the changes that comes to try and get the deep ball is to get uh, two tight end in receiving sets uh, just to throw in some confusion. Cause that's, that's not something that's typically run. Um, you know, otherwise the tight end group, they, I, I wouldn't say that they're bottom of the league, but they're, they, they weren't that exciting last year aside from uh, Uzama having a couple of good games. Uh, I was hoping it would be more electric this year with Hurst, but he, he also didn't play in the preseason and took some time to get going. <laughs> so, so this is the, you know the game game five here big division matchup with everything I've seen it wouldn't surprise me if if uh, we get some more mixes into the passing game it would it would just be something not seen yet this year yeah, I am interested to see the matchup uh, between the Ravens defense and and Hayden Hurst you know I'm, I'm sure even though that the Hurst and the Ravens didn't uh, leave on bad terms I'm sure that he's We'll be excited to come back to M&T Bank Stadium and uh, have a good game. I'm sure, I'm sure that would be something he would love to do. And the Ravens historically have had some issues with receiving tight ends. And while they, you know, really, we haven't seen this group yet uh, be tested with that in the first four weeks of the season, played against teams that, that really don't have that much to speak of um, as far as the tight end's concerned. I guess, okay, so the Bills, yeah, Dawson Knox, they they certainly are, are able to get him in some sets where he's able to be effective. And he did make a couple plays against the Ravens, but yeah, I, I don't think I'm expecting a huge game out of Hurst, but I could definitely see that being a wrinkle that the Bengals would try and um, use, especially considering that they were able to have, uh, I mean, gosh, two of Uzama's biggest games of the season probably of his career were against the Ravens last year. Mm-hmm. Another question I had for you, uh, I think this is kind of interesting. I had to go and look to see if uh, he was injured or not, but Dax Hill has not been playing much. Your first round pick out of Michigan safety. And um, I know that you guys were able to resign Bates and maybe that was a little bit of a leverage play, but in Baltimore, you know, we drafted Kyle Hamilton. We were expecting, you know, a lot of three safety sets and 
uh, with mixed results. We're seeing <laughs> they did a lot of that in the first two games and the second two games he's been a little bit uh, in timeout so to speak he's still playing but he's not playing nearly as much he had some miscues uh, particularly in that Dolphins game so I guess like what are your thoughts on uh, the status of Dax Hill and like his uh, very limited snaps and the, the year so far uh, I would say that most Bengals fans have been very perplexed. Uh, he only had, he's only played in a few snaps each game. Um, we knew that, you know, he was kind of drafted as insurance for Jesse Bates in case he got traded or, or didn't want to play in the franchise tag, but could also be the, the future role. Um, but he was worthy of a first round draft pick. And then he got to play the whole preseason uh, while Bates held out. And so when, when Bates, you know, came back right before week one, the general anticipation and what the coaches have said was, you know, they were going to rotate in and out. There'd be a lot of uh, two high safeties. But, uh, you know, that first game rolled around. He played, uh, Hill played five whole snaps and Bates got the, the lion's share of the work. Uh, it, you know, people were wondering what was going on and, and it's, it's really nothing too out of the ordinary, nothing nefarious. Uh, everything that it seems like from from what the defensive coordinator has said is they just they don't need him. They're they're getting all the right looks they want with Bates, and you know realistically the defense has done really well through four games, and it was just a you know Jesse Bates is is part of the game plan. He's still the number one safety, and it turns out he's the only one we need on the field for for the bulk of it, and they're just sticking with that even even though it, it does seem like a, a huge waste of talent, but, but it's worked out. So interesting. Yeah. It sounds uh, almost kind of similar to the Hamilton situation, but I'm sure we'll see more of uh more of both of them, you know, uh, within the coming weeks, um, if not closer to the end of the year, I would ask Justin um, where for you, like, where's, where's the strength of this year's uh defense on your side is it still the probably the defensive line or do you think the the secondary is probably uh the strength of this team um as as a unit i would still put it on the defensive line um especially you know trey hendrickson still just you know playing at the same level he was before if i had to pick an individual player that's really made a difference i would i would stick it on logan wilson the linebacker um he we might have talked to, uh, talked about him a little bit last year. Uh, this is his uh, fourth year coming out of Wyoming, and he had four interceptions last year, including uh, the big one to seal the deal against the Titans in the divisional round. Uh, and and he's playing; he's really stepping up his game. He had a big pick this year uh, when he was running back in a deep coverage about thirty yards downfield uh, for a, a big bulky linebacker. That's impressive. But he's still. Um, you know, shooting the, shooting the gaps as a run stopper. Uh, so he'd be, you know, my individual MVP far and away the best linebacker on the field, but the, the best unit is still the defensive line. Yeah. Now I heard um, DJ reader, I think was put on IR last week. I think who's taking over for him. Uh, it is uh, up front. They've got Josh Tupou, Tupou, who, uh, who's the one who concussed Tua. Um, on a legal hit, I, I should add, <laughs> uh, last last Thursday, uh, and he uh, he was practice squad part of last year, um, and then this year he he ended up second string, and he's he's been a, a solid fill in even you know as nose tackle, but uh, it's you know without DJ Reader, there's still still a huge weakness up front. One of the things that's really helped the um, 
the Ravens defense early on in this season has just been um, turnovers. The Ravens have been able to generate uh, a huge amount of turnovers uh, to start out the season. Even last week helped them out to a hot start against Buffalo, but unfortunately just weren't able to capitalize on that quite enough. How have the Bengals been in that department uh, so far this season? I mean, I know you guys were able to get a couple out of uh, the Mitch Trubisky-led offense of Pittsburgh in week one. Uh, is, is that an area that the Bengals are having some success in, or is are you guys still waiting to get that that part of the defense going? Um, it's It's been up and down with the rest of the team, two games of no turnovers and then two games of multiple turnovers. Um, last week against the Dolphins, uh, each quarterback threw a pick. Against the Cowboys, they they had a couple of fumble recoveries. Um, it's the the thing that that I'm most disappointed about so far is the defensive line not getting enough sacks. I know those aren't turnovers necessarily, but um, aside from uh, Trey Henderson getting two strip sacks against the Falcons, uh, and then the the sack against Tua, uh, I, I I think they got to Trubisky maybe once, which is which is super disappointing. And Cooper Rush didn't. Uh, he might have got sacked once. Um, so, so the the defense the defense is still in the in the bend don't break mentality, which has worked out very well. But there is a certain lack of aggression that comes from, uh, you know, not not ball hawking as much as you should, and and playing for the the checkdowns, and then not not blitzing or or doing defensive line stunts as much as you should. So, it, it all kind of goes into the the overall where the defense is, which, which is good, but still playing conservatively and not getting the turnovers as much as, as we would like, but, but it could be there. It's not for lack of talent. Yeah. The Bengals aren't too terrible. They're in the top half of the league when it comes over to turnover differential at plus one, but you're right. They only have seven sacks on the year after four games. And that's probably a, a big point of emphasis going into this week. The other thing I thought that was kind of interesting looking around and getting updated on the status of you guys is that Cam Taylor Britt, your um, next highest drafted guy after Hill, he had that core muscle injury, had to get surgery, uh, and kind of sidelined him for a while. Now, in the report I read that it sounds like, you know, now it's week five, he's able to come back, um, and the coaching staff seemed like he might be able to. Do you actually expect that, considering the lack of preseason work and all? Or... um, have you heard anything else about his injury and in, in return timetable? Um, I I think he he put on enough of a a pre camp show that that they know he could be good in the rotation. I it's either this week or next week he should be activated off IR. Um, I think it kind of depends on how some of the other roster situations shake out, but uh, I would anticipate him on there and getting into the rotation, uh, especially. If Eli Apple needs a rest, I wouldn't mind if if they wanted to 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 throw Taylor Britt in there to to spell him because no one likes Eli Apple. But um, <laughs> he 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 is good enough, or he was good enough prior to his surgery that he that he would be a good rotational player to get get some reps, um, not a starter, but definitely some snaps. So hopefully this week or next week. What? do you think is the ideal game flow for uh, this team? Like what, if you looked in your crystal ball and you're looking at how the Bengals can come ahead with a win, what are, what are your kind of keys to that matchup wise? Um, I, I would say an aggressive start uh, for the offense. 
that was something that was lacking in the first two games was any sort of urgency in the first half um, against the, the Jets. They won the coin toss and took the ball, which most teams defer these days, but they took the ball and they, they went right out and scored. And that was a big, just momentum builder and, and something to at least, you know, get the crowd into it as well. You know that, Hey, we're not sleepwalking through it. Uh, and especially against the Ravens and the way Lamar Jackson can, can light it up. I, I, I think the big thing for the Bengals is getting a hot start and playing aggressively on offense uh, and defensively, uh, you know, Ben Don't Break has been working. Uh, Lamar Jackson, uh, last year, not so much, but the year before, uh, he, he, you know, he, he was the one who got out there and, and was lighting things up. So I know the defense wants to probably clamp down more, uh, similar to, to the first time uh, the Ravens and Bengals played last year where, where Jackson was held pretty much in check. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I mean, I think the... Uh... Big, the bigger key for me, honestly, is is how the Ravens are going to respond in almost the second half. Um, I mean, I guess they have. I guess they've been down a little bit, but not that much. But it's really, it's like you know, it's funny you mentioned like the sleepwalking in the first half. It that's us the entire second half of these games. The game against Miami, <laughs> the game against Buffalo. Just they get out to a hot start, but then it just totally flatlines. That for me, like, yeah, I'm 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 curious. I mean, I, I guess I uh, trying to remember. Like, I don't know. Did you guys have any comebacks in terms of like coming back in the second half of, of anything like that? Is is that something that the team has shown this year on the Bengals side or, or Yeah. No? Uh I, I think the I think the big one was the the Chiefs in the AFC championship game, uh going down by eighteen to start off and then holding them to three points in the second half. Um if if you look at the the box scores from this year, it's you know, it's not as extreme, but they've they've been very good in the second half, holding uh, Miami to just a field goal in the second half, holding the Jets to either one field goal or no points. Um, even the Steelers were were held in check in the second half. So uh, I think it's I, I think it's a, a trend for the defense being able to make adjustments, uh, it, which which is weird because as I mentioned earlier, Bates is always on the field and not Dax Hill because they don't need to adjust for Bates, but, but yet on the same hand, they're, you know, uh, they're, they've been very good at adjusting. And, and if you guys remember, I live in Kansas city, so I've, <laughs> I've had plenty of time to dunk on the chiefs fans for the, the championship. That's, <laughs> you know, so, so yeah, I uh, that's that's what I I thought about that watching the Ravens with the, the come from behind oopsies, uh, we'll call them. Uh, I thought, man, that that kind of tracks with with the Bengals' defense. So we'll see we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, I'm glad we asked you that question because like yeah, now it's like that's 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 the fear for the Ravens. It's almost, <laughs> I think yeah. the thing that's weird, Peter said in the last episode, I think it was so true. You know, with the Bills game, even with the hot start. It was hard to get too uh, confident about it because we saw what happened against the Dolphins, and not to disparage them, but we, everything. I think everyone thinks the Bills are better, even though the Dolphins beat them. Uh, you know, like I think that's the scarier team in general. So I think it's valid to be afraid of the Bengals and the explosive offense that you guys can put on, and what we saw last year with Chase and obviously Higgins, and we know what Hurst can do, and 
And Mixon's, you know, he didn't forget how to run the ball. It's just maybe the line's not doing it right. Like, there's a lot of pieces there in the defense that's able to adjust in the second half. We have to have a game plan where we're able to adjust as well and, and actually put together a full game if we expect to win this. So definitely interesting to hear that you guys are adjusting well. And <laughs> uh, it will not be anomaly, most likely, if the Ravens <laughs> are able to have a good second half that, like, maybe they figure something out. Yeah, I guess I guess with that we can go ahead and start our our predictions. Um, Justin, do you want to start off as the guest? Uh, sure. Um, so I'll throw out a score prediction first. I, I so this is like my fifth time on the podcast. I think I picked the Ravens to win every time, even last. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm gonna keep up the trend. I'm gonna say Ravens win. <laughs> Ravens win thirty eight to thirty one. I'm double checking on this now. That's hilarious. <laughs> is that actually the case that you always pick them? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> That's what I'm seeing. <laughs> oh, spoken like a true Bengals fan. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> oh, man. Just, I forget if I ever told you this story, but um, uh, this is back 2019. So the first, it was a home game against the Bengals, and um, you guys returned the opening kickoff uh, for a touchdown. And I, I wasn't at my seat yet. I was walking into the, the gates, and... Um, on the big screen that they have in, in, behind the gates, I, I could see the play happening. And there was a group of Bengals fans behind. There was this guy behind me. He was like decked out in like a, a Joe Mixon jersey. He had the orange Bengals cowboy hat, orange glasses, and just like fully decked out, like super Bengals fan. And he was cheering on the, on the, on the uh, kickoff return for a touchdown as, as he should have. And, you know, and, so I, I, I just had to joke with him. I was just like, yeah, we had to, we had to spot you guys, guys seven uh, in this game, you know? And, he, and I, didn't, I, I just felt bad because he just looked dejected. He was just like, yeah, you're probably right. We're probably not going to score again. <laughs> I was like, man, I was just trying to joke with you, dude. <laughs> oh, man. I did feel happy for you guys, though. I, I made a lot of uh, my Ravens family and friends friends members upset by rooting for you guys in the super bowl <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. it was not the popular uh popular take in baltimore but i was just like you know you guys you guys got us that year and i was like come on you guys win it some year when we're not in it <laughs> and I, I i learned I, I learned firsthand that the pain of being a bengals fan because that man that loss was tough for you guys but <laughs> yeah <laughs> but hey you guys had an incredible season oh yeah Yep. Well worth it. Well, I can say on my side, um, it took me a while. Uh, for at first, I was like, ah, "Man, I don't want to root for the Bengals," but then they kept winning on those close games. I was like, "All right, I can respect it. I can respect it." I mean, you got caught I did up not just as a root for them. In the yeah. Super Bowl, though. Okay. I but I like the energy, I, the underdog story. I mean, look, I'm wearing I'm wearing my Orioles shirt here. We didn't make the playoffs this year, but we're finally, you know, we finally have yeah. a winning record, first time since 2016. Like, I I like the underdog stories and the Bengals. Yeah. It, no, was, it was it was exciting last year in the playoffs. For sure, I have to give it sure. to the Bengals. For sure. Well, um, I, you know, I, I I I'll go ahead. I'll go ahead with my score prediction. Part of me, I didn't really expect to say this. Part of this is we're recording on Monday, so the loss of the Bills game is still fresh in my mind. Um, maybe if you ask me a little bit later, I'll feel better. I feel like this team needs some good juju. I think I'm going to try to reverse psychology. Of this I'm going to say the Bengals. I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to. I'm going to put I'm it not, down. I'm going to put the Bengals win this game, close game, and I hope to God that it's wrong. <laughs> get the win. Uh, Twenty. Uh, I'll say. Twenty-seven, twenty-four, Bengals, 
And please let me be wrong. Uh, as for my bold prediction, what am I going to say? Dobbins gets his... Uh, he's, yeah, I mean, he had two touchdowns last week. It was amazing. What the heck? I'll say he gets 100 yards rushing. That would be pretty crazy. I do think Dobbins is going to be huge this game. Um, obviously, he had a huge game uh, to close out the 2020 season against the Bengals. This is a very be- different Bengals defense, so I'm not saying that, that Dobbins is going to have uh, that huge a game. But I think at least having him in the fold um, to whatever capacity the Ravens will have him from a snap count perspective, uh, you know, it's something that the Ravens can use to balance things out because they obviously didn't have uh, running backs last year with everyone hurt. So, yeah, that's going to be interesting. And, I, you know, I'm just going to be honest. I don't know what the heck is going to happen in this game. I think it's close. I think both teams are are very similar right now in the fact that they've got some things going really well for them, others not. I'm going to, you know what? <laughs> are you going to do the same? No, I'm going to I'm going to do something here. <laughs> I'm calling that the game 23-23. Yes. <laughs> I, 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 I just, this seems like such a, a, a Ravens-Bengals thing to happen. <laughs> it would be hilarious if it did outside of the fact that, you know, that tie is never fun. But I, I, I think this game's going into overtime. I think it's going to be very close and I'm going to put it down for the tie. Um, my bold prediction is that the Ravens will not give up a passing touchdown in this game. I think they're going to, as they've done in the past in matchups where they got beaten one aspect of the game, overcommit to stopping the pass, which might uh, leave some running lanes uh, for Mixon. All right. We've gone to chaos mode. we got Chris <laughs> choosing against us. Peter is expecting a tie, which is fascinating, giving today's game rules and the quarterbacks available. So the weird things are happening. Uh, I'm not going to keep up the, the streak, though. I'm going to go start with my bold prediction, though. Bold prediction is that we talked about Humphrey having a good start to the year. It's a redemption game against Chase. He also has a lot more help in the back end than he did years prior. I'm going to say Chase is held under 60 yards. Oh, I didn't make a bold prediction, did I? Uh, I'll, I'll flip it. I'll say Chase gets a touchdown of at least 60 yards. One one pass. (laughs) Wiping out Alex in one false swoop. There it is. In one whole play. Oh, man. I will warn Alec, though, infamously last year at this time, going into the first matchup, I said that the Ravens would hold uh, Chase to under 30 yards receiving and... That was the biggest miss of all time, maybe. <laughs> I, it probably it's was. So we went through all my bold predictions. That probably was the worst one <laughs> that I've done on this podcast. Oh man! But this is going to be an exciting game. Sunday night football. Um, Ravens will be at full strength. Bengals are going to be it in there too. Uh, it's going to be a great game. I'm really excited for it. Yeah, the early line is the Ravens favored by three, over under of 48 points. So. Not using that to dilute my expectations. Uh, I had a score prediction picked out before then. I'm not going to go with my typical 31 points. That's a a baloney one at this point. I think it's going to be a little lower scoring, uh, despite the fact that it's a primetime game and the teams could have the uh, theatrics. I'm going to say that the Ravens' offense is frustrating again uh, and and isn't able to really get on that roll. I'm going to say they only get 27 points in this game. And... 
I, looking at the defense, it's going to be a push. I'm saying that the Ravens win, but by three. Uh, Bengals 24. So what we got to do is wait to bet on the game. See if the line will shift. Might be a no bet right now. <laughs> oh, so I uh, I've uh, I download one of the sports betting apps because they made it legal in Kansas. So I I live on the Missouri side of Kansas City, but I work on the Kansas side. So when I go to work, the app works on my phone, and I can place bets while I'm at work. But then when I come home, <laughs> it's can't no changes, no changes allowed because they they geo fence yeah. it. Yep, that's exactly what my situation was last yeah. year. I worked in Virginia and it was legal, so I like went to work, placed my bets, came home and saw what happened. Uh, yeah. And Maryland's in this weird state. Apparently, like it might happen soonish for the betting online. Like you can go to a casino and bet, but no one wants to do that. Everyone wants to, you know, bet from their toilets. And apparently, like the application was put in recently. Like there's some bureaucracy and our governor was all proud of himself for getting it started. And I'm like, bro, we voted on this like in literally 2020. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, it's 2022. Get your act together. Well, it's almost two years later and we don't have it. So like, I wouldn't be proud that they're finally making moves now. <laughs> well, Missouri has the, the legal marijuana almost. Kansas has the legal betting. So, you know, you got to just, cross back and forth across state lines all day no one no one can have everything <laughs> and before we wrap up the show uh do you want to share what you were talking about before the show started with your uh super bowl experience yeah yeah um you know i never thought that i would you know see the Bengals in the super bowl and i thought about going in person um but i just couldn't pull the trigger on three thousand dollars for a nosebleed seat but uh, my, my college roommate lives in L.A. these days, just a couple miles from the stadium. So I, I flew and, and spent the week with him. This was in February when gas was reasonable. So a round trip ticket was under 300 bucks and just hanging out in L.A. for the week with with the atmosphere. And you know, even though it was, you know, a home game, I did home in quotes uh, for the for the Rams. There's still there's not really an L.A team and you know it, they're all transplants so it was it wasn't like overwhelmingly la there were plenty of Bengals fans there and it was just cool just seeing the stadium even from the outside and being around just the busyness and you know like hey my team's in the super bowl and then the Bengals uh throwing this out there on the side got to break out their white helmets finally uh, on, on thursday night nice and you know, I was thinking, you know, I'm I uh, I was born three years after they put the tiger stripes on the helmet, and so this is the first new helmet I've ever seen in my entire life at <laughs> age 38. So that's wild, you guys. You didn't even have a team back then. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's true. Who, what, who what's your, your who, who did you root for before the Ravens came? Oh man, town? so this this is the part where we make you feel old. <laughs> We're, yeah. we're all three of us were born in '92. <laughs> yeah, I'm an '84. I'm an '84 baby. So, yeah. There's apparently now, interestingly photos of me yeah. in a uh, certain Laurel team's uh, <laughs> uniform. Gosh. Yeah, my, I think my parents had one of the more interesting stories. They rooted for the Seahawks of all teams. I forget hmm. the story behind that. Um, it was because the quarter. What was the name of that quarterback at that time? In the late eighties, Jim Zorn was that it? I think so. Probably. I don't know. I, I'll have to ask my dad why it was the Seahawks. <laughs> but, 
Yeah, it, um, it was a big deal in Baltimore when they came. Um, my father's father was a huge, um, huge Baltimore Colts fan. Um, he knew some of the Colts to some extent. I think he was either gambling or drinking buddies or something. Um, they they didn't like no know him, but like they he was they knew him as Slim or something like that. I don't know. He he had some he was on some name basis with like Johnny Unitas and, and Artie Donovan and those guys. Um, but yeah, he was he was huge huge Baltimore sports fan, and um, unfortunately he got lung cancer, and he was supposed to go to the first first uh, home game for the Ravens in 96. Uh, he died a, a few days after it, too weak to go to the game, but we, uh, we buried him with the, the ticket stub uh, in his, uh, his suit jacket for when that passed. But uh, I don't know where I was going with that, but I don't know. You, just get, you got me uh, <laughs> reminiscing when you're talking about what, what Baltimore did <laughs> while we were <laughs> without a team from 83 to 96. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm perfectly honest with you, I don't even know. I don't even know if my dad watch football or my parents watch football in between that period my dad my dad never was he's a little bit of a Colts fan although I think my grandmother I think was a lot more of a Colts fan in fact we took her to the first Bengals game last year it was the first Ravens game she'd ever been to she'd never been in the new stadium Hmm. Um, but she went to Colts games at Memorial Stadium all the time but my dad grew up watching the Orioles he was a huge Orioles fan because he watched he watched them in the 70s and the 80s when they were actually really good so yeah, like I, I think he watched the Colts a little bit, but he's he's always sort of just been a an Orioles fan. Um, although I can't say I can't say that he's like watched a ton of the Orioles this year. Like I don't even know if he knows anybody on the roster. <laughs> <laughs> he was, but uh, but yeah. So wait, so just so how do you so how do you feel? You have to tell us how do you feel about the white helmets and like the all white uniforms and stuff. Uh, I I actually I, I like him. Uh, you know, there's. Technically, white Bengal tigers in existence uh, due to a genetic mutation. And as it turns out, um, you know, if you're wondering why did they pick the name Bengals, Bengal tigers for the city of Cincinnati, it's because when Paul Brown was founding the team in 68, the big premier attraction at the Cincinnati Zoo was a rare white Bengal tiger. And Mm. so he went with that, but kept the traditional orange for the colors, as you would expect a tiger to be. Uh, And finally, after the, you know, it, I think a lot of people wanted the, the white helmets when the NFL allowed uh, two different helmets, you know, in the before times, and that never happened. And finally, someone in <laughs> PR realized that it would be popular. So <laughs> that's cool. Nice. Yeah. I, I don't think I actually ever thought about why the Bengals were named the Bengals, but huh, I, I certainly didn't know that fact. Yeah. <laughs> Get something to break out at parties now. Yeah, that's, that's true. Really cool. <laughs> I thought I thought the white jerseys and the white helmets looked cool. I thought it was a nice look. So uh, kudos to that. And um, I mean, I'm curious. We'll see what they dress up. I, I think I think the Ravens are wearing black this game, if I recall correctly. I don't know mm. if it's official, official, but it's a it's prime time Sunday night. It would be inappropriate for them to wear black. They're all jersey, and I'm curious if uh, if you guys go all white, then it'd be kind of fun. <laughs> I don't. I, trying to think i know they're wearing the white helmets again this year but i don't think it's this week yeah I don't i'd expect you probably guys are probably gonna only roll those out at home i would think i'll have to check the schedule it's a good question mm. they, i know they only get to wear them twice though so yeah oh really okay so probably, yeah, yeah so you I probably probably do that at home games yeah okay i didn't realize there was a account on it 
Yeah, because it's the no fun league. You can only, you know. Yeah, you can only, only have yeah. fun in certain, in certain, you know, certain situations for certain amounts of time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's that's one of the one of the best things about college football is some of the limited edition single game helmets that mean like one specific thing, but never in the NFL. So. Oh, well. Well, that's, that's cool. We'll see how well represented you guys are in Baltimore this year. The first two home games have had a lot of uh, opposing fans uh, hmm. showing up, at least in our area. So, like, lots of Dolphins fans, lots of Bills fans. I think that's a little bit to ex- be expected uh, in where we're sitting because they haven't sold out all the PSLs. But just in general, man, there were so many Bills fans in the Baltimore area all hmm. weekend long. It, it definitely felt like a little bit of a takeover. So, We'll see. Uh, we'll see what the Ravens are able to do. See if they can get the the city back on track. I think this is going to be a pivotal game in the season. If it's a loss, I think the fan base will be in disarray, and we'll we'll see if they're able to put it back together. Uh, and if it's a win, then you know they'll find something else to complain about. I'm sure, but it'll be a little bit more optimistic. <laughs> and if it's a tie, I don't know, man. It might be anarchy. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, thanks so much for joining us on the show. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's fun as always. I'm sure you know. Whenever we play again, I might be back, and it'll yeah. be completely different, like last year. Completely different between the first two games that we played. Yeah, yeah. We'll definitely see. Uh, I know it's a, not that late in the year. Question mark. I forget, but we'll definitely uh, reach out. Cool. Sounds good. Well, thanks so much, guys, for listening. You can find us online, One Winning Pod, on Twitter, and. Uh, you can find us on YouTube if you search for One Winning Pod and check out the Ravens History Corner. I don't know if Peter has a teaser for that one this week or if you're still in the lab. Yeah, uh, we're going to look at, um, since we're looking at the Ravens uh, trying to defend uh, getting swept by the Bengals last year, uh, we're going to look at the top five times in Ravens history that they responded to a sweep from the previous season with a commanding win. So. That's what we're going to be looking at this week. Oh, very nice. Very nice. You can find that on the YouTube channel. And uh, you can email us at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. Go Ravens. <laughs>